0: Have you ever seen someone in front of you, clear as day, that no one else can see? If your answer is yes, then did you interact with them? Let me know. I'd love to hear from you on email. And stay tuned to find out what happened to these people. Where did he go? Piermont, New South Wales, Australia. Late 1990s. I've heard several stories from this particular location and it seems to be an extremely active place. I guess all of you can decide. Fred was working at a popular visitor's attraction for a number of years as a security guard and he moved his way up to become a supervisor. One afternoon he was working with Jack and the venue had closed for the day. They were finishing up and made sure that everyone was out of the venue and that everything was locked and secured as per their procedure. At the end of each day, Fred as the supervisor had to write a report so he stayed in the office to do so. He asked Jack to do another patrol and make sure everything was okay one last time before the late shift took over. Jack went for a walk and found that everything was locked and secured. He made sure he switched off some lights and looked for any potential problems. Having found nothing, he turned around and started heading back to the office when he noticed a young boy standing in the corridor. Jack looked at him and the young boy looked back. Jack approached him and asked, What are you doing in here by yourself, mate? The boy just looked at Jack, but didn't respond. Jack said, Come on then, let's go find your mum and reached out his hand for the boy to hold. The young boy reached up and held his hand and Jack and the boy walked hand in hand to the office where Fred was sitting. As Jack rounded the corner to the office, still holding the young boy's hand, he started to speak to Fred and said that he'd found a young boy lost in the building. Fred looked up at Jack and said, what are you doing, you look like an idiot. Jack was confused and looked down at his outstretched hand where the boy was. There was no boy there. It glowed. Piedmont, New South Wales, Australia. Late 1990s. This story happened at the same place as the last story, but it happened to a different security guard. It always interests me how shift workers and night workers have so many paranormal incidents happen to them. Could it be that they're working when the hustle and bustle of the day are gone and so things get noticed more easily? What do you think? Harry was working the late shift at this venue and he was doing his patrols as usual. There were certain checkpoints he had to inspect but the night was going well and there were no issues. Harry was walking through the silent hallways when he noticed that there was something moving on an overhead walkway just up ahead of him. Worried about a potential intruder, he walked closer for a better look and was prepared to call for assistance. He had to shake his head for a moment because what he could see was not just the person, it seemed. huh? He edged closer nervously and quietly, trying not to startle the would-be intruder. He got as close as he could comfortably get and couldn't believe his eyes. What he saw was a young boy who was running up and down that overhead walkway. The boy would run one way and then back the other way, over and over. Harry said that he didn't call out to the boy. Harry was afraid because the boy had a glow about him and seemed to illumine the darkened overhead walkway a little. Harry crept away in disbelief. He reported it to his supervisor and after that night, never returned to that job again. Getting ready for school Lidcombe, New South Wales, Australia, late 1980s Dion was about 9 or 10 years old and as much as he didn't want to, he had to get up for school and get ready He got prepared for his day in the normal way, had breakfast and was packing his bag His father was also getting ready to take him to school and the good thing was that they were not in a rush and they still had some time Dion and his father were talking about something just inside the front door of the house. As they were about to leave, the wooden door was open, and they could see out to the street through the fly screen door. It was a nice clear day. Dion was standing right next to his father as they spoke, and they were both looking out that front door. It was at this point that Dion saw a male walking across their front lawn. He was walking on a funny angle towards the window of his parents' room. The male looked like he was in his 20s, had short brown hair, was wearing sunglasses and carried a backpack. Dion can't recall which of the two it was, but it was either the male's backpack or the pants that were covered in army fatigue pattern. The man wore a plain white t-shirt and, when he noticed that Dion had seen him, gave Dion a friendly smile. As well as this, Dion could actually hear this man's footsteps as he walked across the grass. A bit confused by the stranger on the lawn, Dion turned to look at his father who was standing right next to him and looking out the same door. He thought it odd that his father hadn't said anything to this unknown male. His father then simply walked off without reacting and went into the next room. Dion was shocked and asked his father if he had just seen the man in the front yard. His father said, no, what man? And he had a good look outside. His father said, there's no one there, what are you talking about? In shock and realising that he wouldn't be believed even if he argued, Dion carefully walked outside thinking that he would find the mail somewhere. Now, take note that this was only a few seconds later. Dion thought that maybe he'd made a mistake and he thought he'd see the man on the footpath outside. But there was no sign of anyone outside at all. An Apology Toon Gabby, New South Wales, Australia, 1997 Cathy told me about the story of an occurrence in her family. Her family, I was told, were quite close and their relationships were quite strong. They communicated very frequently, almost daily, despite the fact that they lived quite far apart from each other. Most of the siblings lived in Australia and a few others lived in Canada. In 1994, Kathy's sister Amanda, who lived in Canada, had a serious skiing accident and hit her head quite hard in that incident. After she was rushed to hospital and received treatment, they managed to stabilise her. After a stay in hospital, she appeared to recover fully and was discharged. She continued living her life as normal and returned to work as normal. Kathy and Amanda communicated frequently and things seemed to be going well for both of them. Their conversations usually centered on old times when they lived together, relationships and work prospects for the future. As time went on, and with no warning signs as to what would happen next, three years later in 1997 Amanda collapsed and died from an undetected brain aneurysm. It was understandably a tragic and heart-wrenching loss for the family as she was still quite young. It also cost the family quite a lot of money for bills and repatriation. This was money which they did not exactly have, but managed to get it together somehow. Two nights after Amanda had passed away, Kathy told me that she was asleep at night in her own room in Australia. While turning around in her bed to get more comfortable, she momentarily opened her eyes to see something sitting at the end of the bed. Not sure if she was dreaming or not, Kathy blinked her eyes. The figure was still there, and it called her name. Kathy looked at it intently. She soon recognized it as her sister, Amanda. Immediately, Kathy jumped up in her bed and swore in fright, but the image of her sister did not seem to react to Kathy's reaction. It just sat for a few seconds at the end of her bed and just watched Kathy. Finally, it spoke. It said to her, I'm sorry. I didn't mean for this to happen. I'm sorry. And then faded away. Thanks for joining me, and don't forget to listen in next time for more Chilling True Tales. If you'd like to subscribe, that would be fantastic, and you won't miss another episode. If you'd like to submit your own Chilling True Tale, so that your story might be featured in one of these episodes, contact me on seekersosparanormal at gmail.com. Email details are in the description. Thanks again for joining me. Until next time. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers.